Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. This week's episode talking about the book How I Built This by Guy Raz. Keep listening to find out the real secrets behind entrepreneurship. Welcome back. I'm your host, Steph Clark, and each week I share with you the three big ideas from the best nonfiction books that I've been reading and do the reading so you don't have to. This week it is the book How I Built This by Guy Raz. You may be familiar with the name of that book or if it's sounding kind of like it's something you've heard of before, it could be because you've heard of or maybe listened to his podcast by the same name. And this is a book summary of the hundreds of interviews that he's held over the last few years with entrepreneurs from all kinds of industries, walks of life, countries, backgrounds, etc. and put all into one book. Now, before I before I go any further, I do have to dedicate this episode to my good friend Julia Van Graaff because this book came out, I think, September 2020, and since about November 2020, Jules has been asking me to cover it because and asking me if I've read it yet, so that I could do the reading, so she didn't have to, and I have failed in many ways because it has taken me until September 2021 to get round to it. Sorry, Jules, but hopefully this episode will be worth the wait. With that said, let's talk a little bit about the book, about the author, and then get into the three big ideas. Sound good? I reckon so. So if you haven't heard about Guy Raz, Guy Raz is an independent producer who has been described by the New York Times as one of the most popular podcasters in history, which is a pretty big claim. He's the founder and CEO of Built It Productions and the creator and creative force behind How I Built This. And he's also the former host and co-creator of TED Radio Hour. Guy is also the co-founder of Tinkercast, a children's media company that produces audio podcasts and educational content for kids. Guy co-created and hosts one of those programs, Wow in the World, the number one kids podcast in English. He's a journalist by trade and today Guy's programs are heard by nearly 19 million listeners a month. Pretty similar to my numbers, obviously, but you know, still impressive nonetheless. Let's find out a little bit more about the book, How I Built This, based on the acclaimed NPR podcast, How I Built This with Guy Raz. This book offers priceless insights and inspiration from the world's top entrepreneurs on how to start, launch and build a successful venture. Great ideas often come from a simple spark. A soccer player on the New Zealand national team notices that the unused wool his country produces and figures out a way to turn them into shoes, which is all birds. A former Buddhist monk decides the very best way to spread his mindfulness teachings is by launching an app which created Headspace. A sandwich cart vendor finds a way to reuse leftover pita bread and turns it into a multi-million dollar business, which is Stacey's Pitta Chips. Award-winning journalist and NPR host Guy Raz has interviewed more than 200 highly successful entrepreneurs to uncover amazing true stories like these. In How I Built This, the book, he shares tips for everyday entrepreneurs' journeys. From the early days of formulating ideas, raising money and recruiting employees, to fending off competitors and to finally paying yourself a real salary. This is a must read for anyone who has ever dreamed of starting their own business or wondering how a trailblazing entrepreneur made their dreams a reality. That blurb was taken from the Amazon book blurb and the blurb about Guy was taken from his NPR profile. I'll put links to both of those in show notes. All right, let's get into it. The three big ideas from the book, How I Built This by Guy Raz. Big idea number one is dangerous or just scary. Despite the amazing stories of growth and entrepreneurship in the book, it's important to see the underlying theme of calculated risk in many, many of the stories. Very few of them went in to create the mega brands that they ended up 
creating. They started with an idea, they started with an audience, and they developed, tested, and created. They created a following, and then they made steps to growth gradually. Now, of course, there's always exceptions, the people who do make the big risky leaps. But many of the big leaps in the book are made with the fully packed parachute is the analogy they use in the book a few times. There's some risk mitigation that has happened. Some people stayed in their full-time or part-time jobs for a long time after the company was successful in inverted commas. They used their own money rather than borrowing. They started and stayed small until growth sustained the next step, the next product line or the next city or the next bricks and mortar outlet. Now, of course, there's always a point where there is an element of risk. And for every Lisa Price who started the skincare brand Carol's Daughter, there's the Airbnb co-founders who are in a bedsit eating noodles every night for dinner. But really, they're all human, just like you and me. And Guy makes that point a couple of times that these are all just people who have decided to do something and they've all just approached it in a different way and they all come from different backgrounds different upbringings different levels of luck and privilege and being in the right place in the right time and things going for them and against them but there's a quote in the book that i found incredibly compelling which is failing is scary wasting your life is dangerous so that's big idea number one dangerous or just scary big idea number two is find a friend Many of the entrepreneurs in the book found a business partner pretty quickly if they didn't start with one. This allowed them to spread their particular skills and allowed them to tackle different parts of the business. In many cases, someone was the maker and the other one was the marketer as a kind of very rough analogy between the, the different roles that people played. But there was a bit of a recurring theme about the impact on a relationship that a starting a business can have. Steve Huffman and Alexis Ohanian, from who are the co-founders of Reddit, had been through a hell of a lot by the time they exited after selling to Condé Nast a few years ago now. And by the point that they did that, there wasn't actually much of a business partnership or a friendship left. They didn't have the hard conversations about things. They didn't set boundaries, roles, and set, have the hard conversations around decisions, for example. Similarly, Adam and Eric, who were the co-founders of Method, the household cleaning product brand, they bought totally different skills and styles. One of them was the scientist, the other one was the product designer. But they didn't always approach or appreciate each other's differences in that way. When the differences and the strengths they both bought became a point of tension rather than a point of strength and a point of something that they were actually leveraging and using really well actually undermined their relationship. There are heaps of similar stories in the book from couples who started businesses whose relationship then broke down, friends who started businesses, people who found each other who had more of maybe a professional relationship beforehand, who decided to start something together. But this, the similarity is that they grew a business together, which was important. And without both of them being there, the business probably wouldn't have got off the ground in the same way. But in building the business, they forgot to grow their relationship or friendship along the same way. And some of them specifically said that, you know, they stopped hanging out, they stopped talking, they stopped having fun together. And all the things that made the relationship work initially and in the early days or before starting the business just stopped happening. So it just goes to show the importance of nurturing the relationships you're building with your business along with the business itself. So it's big idea number two, find a friend. And maybe that should also say, and try to keep them too. Big idea number three is the side door. Now look, there's lots of information in this book about different funding options from credit cards to venture capital, etc. But that's kind of more the mechanics of business and startups, etc. So I wasn't really going to go into those or use those as the big one of the big three ideas. Although there's a lot in the book about those topics. So if you're interested in those things, worth a read. 
But the one nugget I did want to call out is this one around going in through the side door. And there's a chapter specifically dedicated to this, but also you see this theme coming up a few times in the different founder stories or co-founder stories. And the, the idea is that the front door is often very crowded with your competition and also with very high barriers. And for some people, unfortunately, still the barriers are even higher. However, sometimes the side door is actually bigger, less guarded and just generally less busy. One of the examples in the book was Peter Rahul, who is the founder of RX Bars, which I'm not sure if we sell them here in Australia, if you're listening from this side of the world, but there's certainly a very popular kind of sports energy bar, but specifically developed to be paleo and not involve some of the food products that paleo people do not eat. So when Peter Rahul started the business, he went into Whole Foods, which is really kind of the the holy grail of where to sell such a product, and just saw box after box and bar after bar of those types of products. So the competition was huge and the shelves were stacked with these bars. So even getting a conversation with a buyer from Whole Foods to have a conversation about another sports bar, another energy bar was just going to be impossible. So instead he thought about, well, who am I actually making this for? And he's making it primarily for people like him, crossfitters in CrossFit gyms or CrossFit boxes who live and eat in a paleo way. So that's who he went to. He sold directly to the gyms. He was the only product being sold in these gyms because that's not typically where these particular products are sold. And given he was small enough in terms it was really just him and then some people helping with production, that was a small enough market and a small enough niche to go into for that to sustain his business. Now, for someone like Kellogg's or someone else or Quaker, someone huge in that particular field, selling through a few CrossFit gyms wasn't would obviously not be able to sustain their business. But for someone like him, absolutely was. And like I said, there was no competition really in those spaces. So he was able to go directly to them. They were his people. They understood what he was selling. He understood them and what they wanted. And the match was perfect. Now, he actually sold to Kellogg's for about $600 million, I think it was, a few years ago, which goes to show that starting small does not need to mean you stay there. Now, side doors could include things like like Peter did with positioning your product or who you sell through the product itself. There was a couple of examples of that in the book. Access to funding, particular ways of going about that, lots of different things. But the important thing is to think about the side door. Because that's maybe where a more interesting product, a better product, and potentially a better fit for an audience lies anyway. So that's big idea number three, the side door. So there we go. Three big ideas from the book, How I Built This by Guy Raz. Big idea number one, dangerous or just scary. Big idea number two, find a friend and maybe try to keep them. And big idea number three, the side door. It was a book that I pretty much gobbled up. It was a really easy read. And once again, book by a journalist, very well written, very well put together, which I always appreciate from a nonfiction book. Now, readers of my bookmark newsletter may remember that I talked about this book a couple of weeks ago. And whilst I really enjoyed it, and I would still and still do give it four stars in my little reviews, one of the things that I thought it could have gone further with is just going a little bit deeper into a few of the stories. Most of them are pretty high level, which is fine because really it's the themes around, it's kind of entrepreneurship 101 in some ways, the themes and the, the generalities. But given the depth of the conversations that Guy has with all of these entrepreneurs and the number of entrepreneurs he's spoken to in terms of the breadth of them too, personally, I would have appreciated maybe some deeper dives into some of them or some, some more nuance in some of the areas. But maybe that's coming in the next book. So Guy, if you're listening... There is my request, <laughs> do with it as you wish. So there we go, another book, episode 141, somehow, that's where we are. If you have read this book, 
I would love to hear from you. You can contact me on LinkedIn or on Instagram. They are the best places to find me. Contact details as usual in the show notes, right down the bottom, scroll down and hit connect. And otherwise, until next time, happy reading.